What it do? You're in the building and you're now rocking with the Mud Talk podcast. I'm your host, Coach T. Welcome back, Mud Talk family. For those of you who weren't here last week, you didn't get to ch- you know check out last week's episode, make sure you get on Apple Podcasts ASAP. I need you to click the, the, the rate and review button. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you rate this podcast. You want to help me out. You know, you guys are listening all around the world and, I, and all around the country. I appreciate you. But a simple rate and review of this podcast will take this podcast to another level. I appreciate you guys. As always, I got a real, real juicy topic for you today. Um, something I'm extremely passionate about. And let's just say that, man, I don't even want to waste your time anymore. Let's get a word from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by gingerbrand.com. Go to Gingerbrand for all your premium quality streetwear needs. Right now, I'm rocking my super dope, super comfy, all black Gingerbrand t-shirt. And it's really cool, man, because it actually has a Bible verse right on the front of it. It reads 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, which is right up my alley, man, if you know me. That's awesome, man. So shouts out to the owner of Gingerbrand for getting this out to me. It actually shipped really quickly. It arrived here at my house a lot, a lot sooner than I thought it would get here. You know, you can find them on Instagram at gingerbrand underscore. That's at J-E-N-G-E-R brand underscore. If you're on Twitter, go give them a follow at C-O Ginger or just go to the website, man, at gingerbrand.com and check them out. He has a ton of different streetwear from jogging suits to hoodies to you know, sweatshirts and t-shirts, man, all the kind of stuff that I like to rock. And I'm sure you guys like to rock, man. Shout out to Ginger Brand from the soil, a brand you can believe in, embracing uniqueness, gingerbrand.com. Man, I'm telling you, the NBA has been going on for a while. You know, I've talked about the Hornets, yada, 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 Hornets, you know, a lot of people say we're tanking, whatever. But the most important thing to me right now, as it pertains to um, what I'm paying attention to, with the exception being the game and how it's growing and how good the players are today, is LeBron James in year number 20 is finally about to break the all-time leading points uh, scored record in the NBA. I think a couple of days ago, he was down to like 117 points away or something like that. Um, so, I, I, you know, I've, I've went live on Instagram a couple of different times recently. And both times, one time I think the title I put up was, Is LeBron a GOAT? And then the second one was, Why LeBron Will Never Be the GOAT. And the reality is, I'm a LeBron fan. And then guys, you know me. Um, I've been a LeBron fan since my son was born. I remember his very first pair of shoes being a pair of LeBrons. And it wasn't because of who I thought LeBron would be. It was just because... I saw a story, right? And as a high school kid who was in the projects, single parent, uh, you know, happened to be a great athlete, was really, really good at football, decided to not play football and focus on basketball, got crowned as the the next greatest thing in basketball. And for, for all of that to take place and for this young man to enter the NBA at 18 years old, um, sign a $100 million contract with uh, Nike and – it, it was just so much, you know, for somebody to be handed all that money who came from nothing and actually not only do the right thing, but exceed all expectations on and off the court. I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yo, LeBron is my goat. I've always said it. And it's not because I want to discredit MJ. It's not because I want to discredit uh, Kobe Bryant because they're, they're, they're the goat in their own right. Like, I think that, 
we can almost create a Mount Rushmore of goats in the NBA, you know, in NBA history. And there's different guys that should be on there for different reasons. You know, so many MJ fans will say it's how MJ played. You know, he he's just uh, he was different or uh, MJ dominated. Well, you know, OK, MJ did win six rings. Um, there was a process that he had to go through to get to that point, And people don't talk about it. Um, and then also the longevity of MJ's career doesn't even sniff what LeBron's career is. You get what I'm saying? So, um, shout out to everybody who responded to the reel that I posted. And I really, really, truly love the fact that we had so many different opinions from so many different people. Um, some of which are just like me that are extremely passionate about the game. And most people that I had conversations with, <clears throat> excuse me, actually had the opportunity to see Michael Jordan play. Some older than me, some around my age range, some younger. Um, I think that the younger crowd really don't understand because they didn't get to see Jordan play. Uh, maybe they've done their history because it's, it's you know, we have the internet today and you can get on the internet and you can research. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on in my throat. <laughs> excuse me. Um, you can get on the internet and research just about anything you need to find out. And you can educate yourself on just about any type of topic. So I'm not saying that most of the young people don't know, but when you actually got to watch Michael Jordan play firsthand as a kid, I remember staying up late watching the NBA finals and, you know, just, just it, when Jordan was balling and going out of control, I got to watch it, you know, and I was blessed to be able to see his greatness. But here's the thing. People act like, you know, from the time Jordan was drafted to uh, the time he won his first title that, there were no hard times that Jordan never lost. He never got put out of the playoffs. He never got swept. He never missed the playoffs. You know, it's almost as if we only talk about the six rings. We only talk about the scoring titles because for, for majority of the time when Jordan was winning scoring titles, the Bulls were terrible. They couldn't win anything, uh, anything significant. Let's just say that. But people don't talk about it. Now, as far as what MJ did for the game, um, the culture, what he did on the court, I agree that it's second to none. Like, like, like there's no one that I had the opportunity to see that would even be close to that, with the exception being LeBron and Kobe. Now, for the people that bring up six rings all the time, all the time, you guys kill me with the six rings. Bill Russell, who had, I mean, did he have double the amount of rings that Michael Jordan had? And not only that, he played during an era where he was dealing with racism he, in Boston of all places. Um, on top of that, he was uh, not only a champion as a player, but then as a player coach. You know, what Bill Russell did was just, I don't, I don't think anybody can ever come close to what he did. But for whatever reason, he's never in anybody's top three or top five. And my thing is, you know, maybe it's because most of us didn't get to see Bill Russell play. We look at the numbers and the numbers alone to me blow me away because people will say, well, he did that a bunch against of, uh, he, he did it against a bunch of firemen and plumbers. I think one, and one NBA player made that comment, but he couldn't control who he played against. He couldn't control. All you could do was go out there and dominate. And this is one of those things where 
you know, I spoke about this recently where you have to like I pray every day, Lord, help me be um, help me to be fruitful, to multiply, have dominion over whatever my hand touched today. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm running errands for my wife, I need to be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. You get what I'm saying? Like if I'm cleaning up in the crib, same, same mindset, like and I ask God to help me because we undervalue things that uh, are important just because of what we think about them. You get what I'm saying? So people take Bill Russell's career and it's almost like nobody places any value on the accomplishments, the accolades, the championships and all of this stuff. I'm not saying that people just disregard it, but nobody puts him in the top three. So when MJ fans always go, you know, six rings, he's six and no in the final. You get what I'm saying? It's almost as if nobody cares about the players before him that paved the way. See, my view of MJ is a bit different. He's definitely in my top two. Um, he's definitely in my top two. And it is almost as if I'm at the point now after having multiple conversations with multiple people who I respect their opinions about the game. Because I truly know that they're just not um, emotionally charged responses about LeBron, but they're actually backing it up with the you know uh, the stats, um, you know what what MJ actually did for the game, and what what he meant for the game of basketball, and how his stamp that he placed on the game still impacts everyone who is playing and everybody that's coming up right now. So for that reason alone, I think you could go one A. And 1B, like Michael Jordan being 1A and LeBron being 1B. And the reason I say that is because, um, shout out to my boy Dre, who, man, we got into, when I when I first did the LeBron hate episode, you know, I met a guy on Instagram who, you know, I know by Dre. And, and, and at the time, we didn't follow each other, but we eventually did. We had, I mean, we had a war of words. Let's just say that. Uh, as it pertains to this very topic. And it was because he felt passionately that MJ was the greatest ever and nobody could even come close. And I felt the same way about LeBron. And so we would go back and forth. And I mean, it was this and that and this and that. And eventually it got to the point with me and him, you know, we got in the DMs and I'm like, bro, like we need to do a podcast episode together. I need to have you you know, we need to do a live or something like that, because the reality is it's not just my perspective. Like people want to hear the other side of this thing. Right. And they want to hear uh, someone else peel back the layers, you know, from their perspective. And that's what made uh, our conversation so great is because when I talked to Dre, he he was basically saying, man, like there there's so many different reasons why, you know, someone should be crowned a goat in their specific field. And this one, it's basketball. And that's basically like, he broke it down like this. And I'm literally going to kind of pull out words from his comments. And it was a, a, a pretty long comment, but it was very detailed. Um, and there was a lot of information in there. It just wasn't like a somebody ranting and raving and trolling and stuff like that. He basically was saying that, you know, the GOAT should be measured by categories. And he was like longevity, winning, accomplishments, clutch, especially in the game's biggest stage, the finals, um, stats by position and advanced analytics. Um, and, he, and he also uh, added that how can you compare players that didn't play against the same players or they didn't play the same position? And I'm like, yo, you really, really brung it because me, 
when I'm talking about LeBron, I always start, um, you know, immediately thinking about the people that MJ played against and the people that he beat. And how I'm tying this all back into what I just said is that you can only focus on who's in front of you. You get what I'm saying? LeBron has focused on the players that's in front of him. And it's up for debate whether today, and I, I don't think it is, but some people may debate this, that today's league is the is filled with the most offensively skilled players we've ever seen. They understand the rules. Some of them do. Unfortunately, there's a lot of players, and I'm finding out, you know, shout out to my boy Milton Chavis on Instagram who breaks down the Traveler Not videos, and I watch NBA players, coaches, former pros comment about how it's a travel and it's not, according to the NBA rulebook. And, and Milt not only uh, breaks it down, but then he goes a step further and has NBA officials, uh, overseas officials, like literally uh, commenting and saying that, that Milton's right. He's right, that it's it's, it's not a travel. And it's, it's almost unbelievable that so many players don't understand the rules. And why is this important? Why am I talking about it? It's important is, is, is because when you say that there's no defense in today's NBA, I will have a rebuttal to that. And, th and this is what I bring to the table. I'll say that there's so many players in today's league that understands the rules, right, as it pertains to traveling. And they understand that there's a gather step. They understand that they can delay the end of their dribble. They understand that the, the, the step through is legal. Um, James Harden, who you can uh, crown as the pioneer of the footwork movement, was one of the first people to basically put this stuff into his bag. And it had people like losing their minds trying to say that he travels all the time when the reality is he understood the rules and he got in the gym, he got in the lab and he started to execute and create. And because he did that, he had moves in his bag that would automatically create separation because after one or two moves, most players react as if it's a travel. But the reality is, if you do it the right way, you can create so much separation and you don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be um, the best ball handler. You just have to understand footwork and use it to your advantage. And the thing is, in today's league, so many players are doing that and the refs know the, know the rules. That's why they're getting paid the big bucks to be the refs in the NBA. They understand the rules in and out. And when they're looking at the footwork of a player on a specific play, they're looking at as if it's a gather. They're looking at if they're delaying the end of their dribble. They're looking at if um, the player can do a legal step through and finish on the opposite foot. Like, it's so many different things. And if you don't know the rules, it's going to be impossible for you to get on that level and actually use the footwork to your advantage. I look at the NBA today as, as players are creating so much separation that it's almost impossible to stay in front of them. Now, if the NBA changes the rules, and maybe they take the gather step away. I don't see that happening because it's allowing players to create in ways that we've never seen before. And because of that, we're watching a game that's just much more exciting to watch offensively. And it's just it's just phenomenal overall. So when you, when you think about the players that LeBron is having to guard and play against and the teams he's having to play against, like I think that it's fair. Like what Dre is saying is fair. Like you can't compare who LeBron is going up against today with today's rules and today's players and things like that versus what Michael Jordan had to go against. But it's hard not to, right? It's hard not to. Like, I always go back to, you know, I literally went through the record books and I broke down every roster. I forgot who it was I was speaking to, but I broke down every starting five of every team 
that Jordan beat for a championship. And again, I'm not taking nothing away from Jordan. I don't hate Michael Jordan. I'm not here to to bash Jordan or to say that Jordan's not the GOAT. All I'm trying to do is say that this is my side of the story. You get what I'm saying? And again, Dre pulled my card on it. And he was like, yo, you can't talk about the what ifs if they can never play against each other. I'm like, you're right. But it's hard not to. So here's my thing. If you had every single roster in front of you that Michael Jordan beat for a championship, who's the best team that he beat? I came to the conclusion that it was the Utah Jazz. I said this before. It was the Utah Jazz, and the best player on that team was Karl Malone. In today's NBA, where you don't dump the ball inside, that the big man has to be able to be a stretch and has to be able to um, you know, shoot threes and dribble and essentially be a guard, dumping it inside would never work today. You know, the Joker is only, I think, one center, and, and maybe Joel Embiid, that you can dump it into and just get a bucket, but that's not how they play the whole game. Like, both of those guys can create, can shoot, can shoot the three. Um, the Joker, and, and in his case, is a walking triple-double as a center, which we just don't see. Uh, and that's why he continues to win the MVP award. But it's just a different league. And so I took Carl Malone off of that starting lineup, and I said, Carl Malone may be the only player that could play on a roster in today's league. And what I mean by that, and I truly, I just, I want you to hear me out before you start going, crowd. John Stockton could, you know, John Stockton could play right now. He could start. No. Look at the point guards in the NBA, top to bottom, right? If I was to pull up all the point guards right now, and I know this is, this is hypothetically speaking, this, this is a major what if. This is something that, a lot of people would say had there's no credibility behind what I'm saying right now because it's all opinion based. But if you look at today's league and I was to like actually look starting point guards in the NBA and look at the size, look at the athleticism, um, look at the speed, look at the shooting ability, um, look at the scoring ability. And you tell me where John Stockton can fit in. Like you tell me. I live in a city where our point guard is six, eight and can do a little bit of everything, you know, and it is uh, not just abnormal. It is something that all NBA franchises are looking for big guards. that can do big things. They can shoot, they can pass, they can dribble, they can create for themselves. They can rebound. And the days are long gone where we had a point guard that could just pass the rock and you were going to get away with, passing the rock, maybe hitting an open jump shot here and there. You're not going to be a starting point guard in this league for very long and definitely not considered one of the top point guards in this league if all you can do is that. And then on the flip side of that, you got to ask yourself, who would Stockton be able to guard in today's league? Like li literally, like who would he be able to guard? So for that reason alone, I don't believe John Stockton would be on, on a roster in today's NBA. Uh, if he was, he might be on the bottom of the roster, maybe a role player, but definitely like not someone that would start in this league. Carl Malone would be a role player in today's league. And I mean it. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Like the big man today, Carl Malone wouldn't be able to guard him. He wouldn't be able to guard him. And that's just being real. Like if you look at the way he played, you look at the way the NBA was back then, dudes got away with good defense was filled with people fouling. Those dudes back in the day would have to 
uh, commit flagrant twos just to stop or try to stay in front of one of these guys today. They're too quick. They're too athletic. They're too skilled. They have the footwork down. They got moves on moves on moves. And you ain't going to be able to stop them. So to say that the defense is poor today, now I, I would combat that by saying that today's players are more skilled. So, you know, to Dre's credit, it, it's almost impossible um, and almost irrelevant to try to compare who those players played against in the 90s and the 80s and who these guys are playing against now. And a lot of people love to do it. And I'm one of them. And I had to stop and think like, man, Dre, you're right. You, it's almost impossible and it's pointless because when you do that, you're pretty much going nowhere with it. You get what I'm saying? You're pretty much going nowhere fast because you're talking about not only things that we'll never really see. We'll never see John Stock and try to fight for a roster spot today. You know what I'm saying? And we'll never see Michael Jordan in his prime with the Bulls have to go against LeBron in his prime with the Miami Heat or back when he played with Cleveland and Kyrie. Like, we'll never see that. So all we're talking about is a bunch of hypotheticals and what ifs. But the conclusion that I have come to is that LeBron will never be the GOAT. He'll never be the GOAT. No matter what he does, no matter what he accomplishes in the league, he can never be the GOAT. I had somebody recently, and people are still um, making comments on this post. And shout out to all my basketball, my hoop lovers, because this is great for conversation, and it's great for debate. And this is the reason why I decided to do this episode, because not only am I passionate about uh, basketball, and I love the game, like beyond LeBron, like it's, you know, I love the game. Like I love the game of basketball, and I'm loving what I'm seeing from players and how they're progressing and they're changing the game and, and the game is continuing to get better and, and, and it's growing. Right. But one thing's for sure is that um, LeBron will never be the goat because I'm going to give you a few different reasons. LeBron didn't go six and zero in the finals. And I'm just regurgitating what a lot of MJ fans say. LeBron has never went six and zero in the finals. He lost too much in the finals. LeBron um, should have never went to Miami. He should have just uh, uh, played his career away and just uh, uh, withered away in Cleveland while they failed to build a team around him and failed to bring people up there to help this generational talent win championships while the window was wide open. And I mean, LeBron's window has been open for 20 years now. The Miami Heat knew what it was. They're like, you come down here, we're going to make it happen. I promise you. And so it took it took LeBron going there and then Cleveland seeing that and Cleveland saying, you know what, if LeBron wanted to come back, we're going to accept him. But we're going to actually do what Miami did and we're going to build around him so that we can win a championship. The thing is this. If LeBron didn't go six and zero in the finals, LeBron didn't go to Miami. If LeBron didn't uh, lose in the finals, if LeBron didn't have to go play with Wade and Bosch, if LeBron didn't have to get Kyrie Irving, if LeBron didn't have to get AD, like you guys are going to always move the goalpost for LeBron. No matter if it's right there in front of him, it could be a 20-yard kick. One statement, now it's a 40-yard kick. Another statement you're going to make about LeBron, now it's out of where out of field goal range. He can't even kick it. You get what I'm saying? Like, no matter what he does, he'll never be the GOAT. Now, MJ's killer instinct, MJ's impact on the game, his dominance, the fact that he just struck fear in the hearts of everybody he played against. You know, I can agree that I've never seen anything else like that. A lot of people say, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, that Kobe Bryant would be close to that. But the reality is Kobe was like an MJ, right? The way he played, the way he attacked on offense and how he was just, I mean, his sheer will to be great. 
like was like to me him and mj were similar in that aspect but mj did not require as much help as kobe did to win and so for that reason alone this is why to me there's no uh you know debate whether who should be number two on the all-time list i'm gonna go with you guys okay not because i'm changing the way i think it's because everybody is going to say lebron michael jordan is number one but there's no way that lebron isn't one one b or number two i would go michael one a lebron one b and then you could put kobe as number two that's how i would do my list but because we don't do it that way, right? You got to give a top five, a top three. I'm going MJ, LeBron, Kobe. Th that's everybody's list. I, I just don't, I can't wrap my head around it being any other way. No matter what I say, no matter what stats, no matter what accomplishments. But what we can say that is that LeBron is the most accomplished player. And maybe you can't even say that because of Bill Russell. I would just say on my top five, <laughs> just give me my top three. It's going to go MJ, LeBron, and Kobe. You take it for what it is. Let me know what you have to say in the comments. And I'm going to come back with a part two to this episode. This is just part one, okay? I'm giving you an unbiased uh, episode today that is filled with feedback from people that I truly respect because of uh, their facts that they've brought to the table and just their experience from watching the game just like me. And I agree with them on probably 70% of the stuff they're saying. So I, I consider it to be valid, not just because I agree, just because when you really dig into it, you're like, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. But in the end of the day, LeBron can never be the GOAT. Based on what everybody's saying, no matter what LeBron does, if LeBron was to go out and win two more championships right now, three more championships, I, it, you know, he'll never be your GOAT. LeBron's played for 20 years and people say, oh, it's the longevity. You act as if LeBron playing for this long at this level is normal. You act, if it's, you, you act like it's normal, like that we're going to see another player play for 20 years and in year 20 average 27, 6, and 7, which is a career year for most people, that it's normal. But hey, again, you guys will always move the goalposts for LeBron and it'll never he'll never be your GOAT. We could talk about off the court. People will say, oh, off the court, LeBron's go. But we ain't talking about off the court. We're talking about on the court. But isn't like, like when you're talking about an athlete, don't we talk about all of that? We talk about MJ. You can't talk about MJ without talking about his sneakers. You can't talk about MJ without talking about the impact he's had on culture. Like it's all wrapped in one when we're talking about the player and why we consider them to be the GOAT. If LeBron is second, he's definitely not a distant second. I, he he is right there, and I don't care what you say, but MJ's the GOAT. I get it. Hey, I'm going to have somebody on on episode two, on part two of this topic, where we dig a little bit deeper, and we, and we peel back the layers, and, and we go tick for tack, and we just both spew out things that we want to say um, based on factual evidence and things that actually happen in the game, and we'll, go, we'll, we'll, we'll dig a lot deeper because there's so much that we could talk about right now but if I continue to talk about it by myself, you guys are eventually, especially the people that are MJ fans, I know right now you're going to try to call me ignorant. You're going to try to say that I'm dumb. But you know what? I don't care. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the things that LeBron has done. And I'm saying that there's no way, there's no way 
the LeBron should not be if, Le, if Jordan is one A, LeBron's one B, and that's end of discussion. If you want to start comparing and spitting stuff out to me, let, let's do it. Let's make it happen. I can go live again on Instagram and somebody can join me. But I have one person in mind that I want to do this episode with because um, of the knowledge, uh, you know, and the different angles that he will take when explaining why he believes MJ is the GOAT and why nobody can ever come close to it. And I want people to hear that. Just so you did you think that this, this isn't about uh, Coach T bashing Michael Jordan or bashing Kobe. No. I'm giving them all their flowers. But the reality is LeBron's my GOAT for various different reasons on and off the floor. And I don't think that anybody can ever come close to the person and the player that LeBron has been for 20 years in the league. Guys, I really, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in to today's episode. As always, you know you can reach out to me at the Mud Talk Radio Show on Instagram. Definitely reach out to me on Twitter. And if you want to shoot me an email, shoot me an email at the Mud Talk Radio Show, gmail.com. You know the saying, man. Love is free, hate costs. You've been listening to another episode of Mud Talk with your boy, Coach T. I'm out.